Hello, podcast listeners. You are listening to another episode of The Long Journey Home. I am your host, Corbin Johnson. And today we'll talk about the 2016 regional for Chicago. I did win. It was very awesome. Um, I had a blast. My thanks to Michael Moskop for running it. And it was great to see Jeremy again, Jeremy Huth. And we had um, one other local player show up. And we had two other, um, I'm sorry, two, two local players. One of them has only been in our playgroup for probably six months now. And the other was someone who had come to his first tournament ever after having not played since around the first contact era. He picked up the new rules and brought a very good deck, though, and did very well uh, considering. So congratulations to Tommy, our new player, and we hope he comes back in the future. So I thought I'd talk about some of the games we played, or the games I played and how it went, and a bit about the deck I played and some of the decks I saw and kind of use this as a way to talk about the current state of first edition. So, the regional was coming up. I wasn't sure what to play. For the last two weeks, I was kind of hemming and hawing. And when Through the Looking Glass came out, some fun cards showed up that I really wanted to try out. One in particular being Renewed Spirit, and how it allowed players to sort of use a a semi-distortion-like card to unstop their crew once per game permission, which was pretty cool, as long as it was universal. So I built a deck around that using another kind of off sort of system using Herogen in the Alpha Quadrant. I I, kind of took two ideas that weren't very compatible with each other, that being the Alpha Herogen and this Renewed Spirit. But I kind of married the two together in that they, the Herogen have an objective that they can use with the Fedora, the so-called Taking Charge card, uh, or so-called Fedora, if you will, because Kirk's putting that Fedora on anyway. Uh, they have an objective that allows them to attempt any mission they want to, as long as it doesn't have a Herogen icon on it. So I thought, oh, this would be a good way to maybe find some universal missions that they wouldn't be able to attempt and that would be unlikely to be attempted by an opponent. So I took that, I found three universal missions to put in this deck, combined them with Sona and Holograms, which the Holograms were probably a bit much, but um, I thought I'd try it out because I really wanted to try out Renew Spirit. Um, Anyway, I put this deck together and found that it just didn't move fast enough, that getting all the moving parts together was just too much. So I scrapped that, but one I kept in mind, oh, uh, and so I really liked Renewed Spirit, but the card that I also really liked out of through the looking glass was habit of disappearing. Uh, so I, I threw that in the deck, found it that the discarding from it 
was a little much for this deck and thought, well, okay, so not so much fun. So anyway, so, so these two cards were really fun. I ended up not going with using Renewed Spirit. It didn't help that game that much with the Herogen. But Habit of Disappearing was great. I got this extra draw every turn. And yeah, I had to discard three cards every turn, but um, it turned out to not be that big of a deal. And that's not terribly surprising to me. So, so I looked at the decks I had played already, the ones I thought were fairly good. And since it's a regional, I thought, okay, um, what's, what's the best deck I've got right now? And can I put Habit of Disappearing in it? Can I put Renewed Spirit in it or not? Uh, what can I do? So I looked at, I've got this one deck that Patty Ty put together like two years ago or something like that. Whenever um, In the Zone got banned and thought, oh yeah, so I played that deck and found it was quite good. I was able to fairly easily uh, get a two-mission win. Um, it mixes Bajorans with Celestial Temple with Deep Space Nine with a lot of drawing and it has this trick where it uses the orb experience to scan dilemmas essentially and all that already was very good so I looked at Habit of Disappearing and thought this is a great way to get another draw into this deck and so long as I keep my hand at a reasonable level that I don't get scorched then why not get another draw in there that's a, a draw a card draw that's impossible to nullify unless I decide to nullify it with mercy kill and I already have an AU door in there it's a, a space-time portal I'm seeding so I can seed um, quantum incursions so might as well because the event does require an AU so let's talk about habit of disappearing and then I'll go into my thought process when I built this deck so Habit of Disappearing is a seedable event that lets you draw a card at the end of your turn so long as you discard three cards from the top of your deck. Or one if it's a Terran, if you have three AU Terran Empire guys in play. So, <clears throat> so this, this card on paper may not sound so good. You may look at it and go, oh, discarding three cards from the top of my deck? Oh, that's too much. I can't handle that. My deck can't handle it. Maybe your deck's too small. Um, you know, after 10 turns, if you had a 30-card deck, you would have absolutely decked by then. Probably by turn 7. Um, I guess actually by turn 7 you'd have decked, unless you did some deck manipulation. So, I don't know. Maybe that's undesirable. So, um, so maybe some players get turned off by that. But if you ignore the discarding of it, it essentially says, Seeds on table, draw a card at the end of your turn. Immune to Kevin Uxbridge. How awesome is that? What an amazing card. It's, it, in, in all intents and purposes, it's pure escalation. So I was so excited. I'm like, oh, this, why isn't everyone playing with this? I, I have to throw this in my deck. So I threw it in there, and I, I decided whatever, maybe, maybe, there's, maybe this discarding card is something I can actually take advantage of. So I looked through all the cards that can manipulate the discard pile. You got your Regenerate and your Isomagnetic. But... On top of that, there are some other cards like Dig and um, the new event from Homefront 6 and 
um, rescue and other things that will let you get cards back. And since it's OTF, it's not so bad to spend an event or a, a play on getting a certain card back if necessary. So anyway, so there's also this one interrupt out there from Tui called Souls of the Dead that as long as you have three Bajorans in play, you can during your turn, as long as you're in the execute orders phase, put any card from your discard pile on top of your deck. So I thought, oh, this is great. So after like three or four turns, I'll have like 12 or so cards in my discard pile. If I'm looking for a particular skill, let's say after I've, you know, attempted a mission or I've scanned a mission or something, and I'm looking at a dilemma, I'm like, I need a particular skill. Well, now not only do I have, now I'll go back to talk about the deck, not only do I have things like Deep Space Nine to download certain people, but I've also got Souls of the Dead. I can say, oh, I need this person who has science or whatever. Put him on top of my deck. And then I can either draw him this turn with Bajoran Resistance Cell, or I can wait till next turn or draw it. Uh, since, since I get to choose the end of order actions, I can put it on top of my deck. And if I've got Morn at Quark's Bar or I've got Kira hanging out at the Celestial Temple, I can take those draws first, draw that card that I've put on top of my deck, and or I'll, you know I can cycle a rough card even and draw a card that way. It doesn't matter. Uh, I can eventually I should be able to get that card into my hand. I've got a lot of ways to do that. And then just keep going. I discard three more, and I just have three more cards to look through. You got um, the best thing about habit of disappearing is if you've paired it with the card like this, or some of the other a little more expensive cards. Granted that take up your play, you at least can look through these cards and, in a way, download, not download, but get the card you need at a given time. So things like habit of, a card like Habit of Disappearing, maybe you discard the card you need and you're not going to get it later, or it's, it's hard to get back. I think as long as your opponent is not playing with Thoughtfire, not Thoughtfire, uh, Fire Sculptor, or Klingon Pain Stick, or Burial Ground, you're in a good spot. You can get these cards back. So what might happen... So that ended up working very well for me. Uh, I was able to get the cards I needed at any time. And since with Bajoran Resistance Cell, if the dude has resistance, and let's say I need Geology, I could get Lee Nollis out of my discard pile if he was there, and report him to the ship where I need him, and that's awesome. So... Um, getting what I need at a given time was very helpful and helped me in all three of my games. So, um, in terms of the deck, the deck came out wonderfully, and I'll talk about my games, but what, um, what I kind of want to stress is it's okay to think about the discard pile in this case as a resource, and I wonder if a habit of disappearing will see people start to play with more of the three interrupts I mentioned that get cards out of the discard pile. Or even Changeling Sweep. There's a card we haven't seen in a while. Get all the interrupts out of the discard pile. I don't know. So, <clears throat> it'll be interesting to see if Habit of Disappearing has any effect on the meta. So, if you haven't played with it yet, I encourage you to at least give it a try. At least read the card. It's really awesome. Alright, so... Um... My game. So I played three games. It was uh, six people showed up to the regional. My first game was against Michael Moskop, who was the person running the tournament. And gracious host, always fun to play against Michael. 
Um, so he had brought a mirror, um, too many captains deck, and you can't kill the captain and all that, and paired with some Maquis stuff, the, um, the whatever the Maquis engine is. And yeah, so he was half in the mirror quadrant, half in the alpha quadrant. He, his deck is very good at getting lots of people out. I think three or four people a turn. Uh, I forget exactly what he used for draws. I think he's got the duck blind. Um, anyway, so he was, he had a lot of people coming out. And uh, he had great dilemmas. Um, I um, ended up getting stalled out of getting my... The deck, so my deck requires, is, is best played where you seed a cryo satellite and a Genesis device wherever you've seeded Deep Space Nine. And um, under the cryo satellite, you seed Starry Night. So you hopefully go to a space mission that looks kind of difficult, but the deck's well built to work against uh, that particular mission. In this case, it's characterized neutrino emissions. I usually see it there. And if you can solve that mission early on, like in turn three or four, um, it doesn't really matter, even if it's a little later. You uh, go and grab an orb, and you go grab the Genesis device. So you don't see the Genesis device. You actually see Starry Night, and then that turns into the orb and Genesis device. And then um, I would typically go for my Gamma Quadrant mission. I'd have one mission in the Gamma Quadrant, because the idea being, oh, it's maybe it's too burdensome for a player to get all the way to the Gamma Quadrant, so hopefully I can make my opponent think that the weakest of his planet combos or his weakest of his dual combos can go out there. So I'll go out there easy enough with uh, First Table Wormhole to just get out there, drop the Genesis device off, and hopefully I've had a chance to peek at the dilemmas under there, uh, wait till the next turn to solve, um, and that should be 105 points or something. So, two mission win, really straightforward. Um, so yeah, so um, for some reason I was unable to get the Genesis device going. Um, I think that mission just had some terribly difficult dilemma combo under it, and I was just not, it was not jiving. So, long story short, um, we ended up with his ship in a bad place because emergent life form was not letting it go anywhere. It hit. It also been hit by the cloud, so it was just hanging out there, damaged. I couldn't move it, but that's okay. When I was eventually able to move it, it ended up being moved to a location where he couldn't get any kind of a way of getting the guys off the ship after it had moved. It was out of range. He couldn't get another ship out there. It was in the Alpha Quadrant, so it was hanging out there, and just unfortunate timing. If he'd had another turn, I'm sure he could have solved another mission, possibly won the game, solved two missions. So it was just a, a case of running out of time for both of us. So I ended up winning by like 70 to 40 or something like that because um, I was able to solve two missions and he got one done. So it was just um, it was bad luck for Michael, I think. I think his deck was very solid and he probably could have taken the game had we played another game or whatever. So... Uh, kudos to Michael for great showing. In my second game, in my third game, I was able to pull off the Genesis device both times and lead into a two-mission win. Um, 
my third game, my second game was against the, our new player, Tommy. Uh, he had brought a fed, uh, hodgepodge, just all feds sort of deck, where he's got the TOS guys reporting to Sherman's Peak. He's got the Office of the President. He's got another, um, actually, no, he didn't have the Office of the President. Or did he? Um, I can't recall now. I think he just had two outposts and was reporting guys to time location um, and to the other outposts. Um, he had some confusion, unfortunately, about how the Guardian of Forever worked and that a, a person has to have gone through the Guardian in order to return from the Guardian, and that kind of slowed down his draw engine. He had a duck blind at Gateway, and he was unable to get anyone to gateway through the um, through the Guardian from the time location, and that slowed him down, unfortunately. So I was able to win that game. Um, in the third game, I was playing against another newer player, uh, Brian, who, uh, again, has been showing up for probably about six months now. Um, I was expecting him to play Dominion. He was, he's been playing these Dominion Armada decks that are just killer, and he'll shut down your opponent, he'll shut down you, and he will go and then solve his mission. So um, I was kind of thinking that's what was going to come. That's what was going to be coming. Uh, I wasn't sure what to do. Um, oh, I should mention, um, I remembered one other detail about uh, Tommy's game in that he was also using Lost Oral Stability, and he was nanoprobing it back, and it was not good. <laughs> not good for me. Um, I, I did get slowed down by a turn because of what he was doing, but I managed to get around having to um, leave another planet uh, or, or orbit another planet in such a way that it would have caused me to be derailed by Lost World of Stability again. So he was only able to play it twice. I was able to get a ship out after doing some masakaing for a hidden fighter. So I got very lucky in that the, the key personnel I needed to get past one of his dilemmas, in this case it was uh, Kai Wynn, who has law, in order to get past an implication... Uh, I was able, she was sitting at the uh, Bajoran headquarters, and uh, I needed her at the space mission where the Genesis device was seated. The last dilemma was implication. So I sent my ship over, and he goes, lost, and I'm like, ah, oh, crap. So then I play another ship to Bajor using the hidden fighter, and that he also lost, and so I think I had a third ship or some, something happened, and I was able to get her on that turn. But, or, or maybe it was next turn, I don't remember. But it was just, uh, loss is still a very good card in case, uh, in case anyone is uh, doubting of its uh, power. It's, it's a great card, so um, it's a great way to stall your opponent out. I'll probably throw some in this deck if I ever play with it again, just because it's just another uh, nuance, another oomph, another way to kind of try to keep tabs on the opponent and slow him down. Anyway, um, so there was that. So in my third game with Brian, um, he did not play Dominion. And I wasn't sure what I was going to do about it, other than just try to be sneaky, solve missions quickly. Um, I had Stratagema, but I wasn't planning on solving my headquarters. So it didn't really matter. I, I could maybe do something where I just kind of try to stay away from him. I can land my ships. It's very easy to. But... Um, I think uh, maybe micro-teaming, um, lose four guys, get the guys back with Souls of the Dead, or 
um, some other way. Um, I, I, I think I would have eventually been able to solve my first mission. Um, if he had destroyed Deep Space Nine, that would have sucked. Um, I would have lost a draw for that uh, every turn. So, that yeah. So, uh, Dominion would have been bad news, I think. Instead, um, Brian, uh, yeah, Brian brought a um, Finest Crew in the Fleet deck, which ended up being uh, very fast, very, very fast. I think he might have been able to win, aside from me throwing... Uh, he hit the Emergent Life Form as well. He had a holodeck, but for some reason didn't have the two Engineer, which is surprising, considering it's a Federation deck. It was in there. There was a Geordi floating around uh, in his deck somewhere. He just hadn't been able to play it yet. So he just got unlucky, unfortunately. Um, he could have taken care of the Emergent Life Form and probably edged into a win. So um, as much as I liked my deck, um, as I talk about it, the lesson I'm learning here is that dilemmas, as always, are very important. Um, it, had I had a worse dilemma selection... Uh, that could have been the, the difference of the game. So um, it was great to find these synergies between Habit of Disappearing, Souls of the Dead, and um, having the ability to get an orb out um, was, was nice for... Um, the orb gives me uh, the orb experience. So having that pair with the Genesis device, so I knew where I should be putting the Genesis device uh, was also a nice synergy. Um, the Bajorans being able to do this, um, get the espionage draws after I've done a Souls of the Dead so I can get what I need on my turn is super awesome too, even though you can do it with Q the Referee, so there's that. Um, but having like these six different things working together with each other that were very complementary. Um, all these draws complementing some free plays. There's not a lot of free plays in the deck. It plays maybe three cards a turn. Um, you've got a couple of people who can play the Quark's Bar for free. You've got the Headquarters they can play for free. And you've got the Resistance guys that play for free. But not always was I able to get like four guys out every turn. Or even three. Um, the ships don't play for free. So that kind of sucks. Except with Hidden Fighter. Um, so that actually there's that. So anyway... Um, so that lesson is nice, you know, find synergies in your deck that can help you to, to just make a better deck. Sometimes one thing I love to do in 1E is really just put a round peg in a square hole and try to combine the weirdest strategies possible. And usually it doesn't work out. Sometimes it does, but usually it doesn't work out. Like if I, if I, took the additional step of trying to find a bunch of universal missions and kind of peg them into this deck so I could use Renewed Spirit. I don't know if that would have worked out so well. The missions in this deck, all of them are 35 points. Um, so with that in mind, I'm able to um, just attempt... I should be able to Genesis device any mission, as long as it's planet, obviously. Um, or in this case, I need a planet since I've solved space already. Um, but yeah, so uh, trying to do that probably wouldn't have been a good synergy with this deck, but everything else worked out great. So there's that lesson of synergies, but then there's also, um, after talking about dilemmas, just trying to make sure that you're cognizant, that you've got good dilemma combos, 
consider your meta, but also anything that slows down your opponent or stops mission attempts. Friendly Fire is still very good. For some reason, I haven't seen a lot of uh, a missing day in recent months. I don't know why. Um, Friendly Fire, Linguistic Ledger Domain, other than for Borg, the Borg get right past it, but um, are very good. Emergent Life Form is usually a killer, um, unless your opponent's playing Fed. Usually they get past it that way. And just, uh, it's Hytherians, obviously very good. I mean, pick your poison. You got to come up with some strategy at the end of the day. Um, any dilemma that tends to require three of a skill, like science, is it scientific or unscientific medical? Whatever one takes three, science and medical. Um, or even usually um, the, the one I talked about earlier, I can't remember the name of it now, um, the one that requires law or three diplomacy, that's usually a very good dilemma. Um, anything like that is usually very good and I find very hard to get past. Um, I, there was another dilemma I hit during the game, in Michael's game, that really messed me up. It's the one that requires Smiley to get past, or like two Geo, or Geo and two Honor, or two Treachery and two Security. That one, your opponent gets to kill someone ahead of time, or stop someone ahead of time, I can't remember. And then you gotta get past this thing. I couldn't get past it, it was ridiculous. Um, and then there's also... QI. Oh, QI. Oh, I could go on and on about QI. You, I've had good luck with it when I'm playing Fed. Fed gets past it fairly easily. But everything else, like the 2AU, the empathy, just kills me every single time. If I see a QI, I, I abandon that mission attempt. Um, I, I made that mistake of not abandoning a mission attempt um, in my last tournament before this against Michael. He had a QI. I think I hit my head against it four times, and every single time I couldn't get past it. And that's when I learned my lesson. That mission is toast. Forget it. It's not happening. So move on. <laughs> anyway, so QI is very powerful. Um, so, yeah. I think um, those are my takeaways from the, from the regional. I had a great time. Um, it's my first regional win, if I'm not mistaken. So I was really excited about that. I've never won a regional before. My first high-level tournament win. Really exciting. Um, I've, I, I know Michael almost had it, and I do wish him best of luck at the next regional. And maybe he's going to Continentals or something like that, and he can, uh, he'll have better luck there. So anyway, um, but yeah, it was, it was so much fun. Um, so that's one E. That's what's going on. Uh, I know I've been podcasting a while. Um, if you want to hear more of this, let me know. If you don't want to hear more of this, let me know. If you don't care or care, whatever, I don't care. You can get in touch with me at 267-CALL-CPJ. Uh, I check that voicemail uh, whenever. And if you have something to say, go ahead. Uh, your comments could be used on a future episode. If you want to hear more of this, that's probably the best way to let me know. You can always shoot me a PM on the message boards at CorbinQ27. And you can send me an email at corbinjohnson at me.com. And, yeah, uh, thank you so much for listening. I hope you all the best in this regional season. It's week two. There's lots of weeks to go. Um, I guess before we close, I can talk briefly about the new errata that affected our game. 
well, it didn't, it didn't directly affect it, but it was in place as we played. We've got, uh, I think, three cards got eroded. Uh, we've got Cyrus Redblock back. Awesome. That took a very long time. But it's great that TNG decks now have the option of uh, requesting the item with the Office of Dixon Hill. Super excited about that. I'd love to make a deck out of that. There was the Stratagema errata. That's fine. Cool. Okay, let's not allow Outgunned at a, a headquarters. Uh, so, cool. Um, you got Supernova back, so that Julian Bashir, or Founder, Bashir Founder works, so that's cool too. Um, and then the Voyager errata, I don't know. Um, I haven't played Kazon in a very, very long time, so I'm not aware of how powerful or not the Armada Kazon deck is. I did have to face one at Regional two years ago. I lost that game, but I'm pretty sure I lost it because my opponent just simply had a faster deck. Um, he might have had better range because he was able to load the Voyager onto the Kazon warship. If that's the case, so be it. If it really was such a big problem, uh, that's too bad for Kazon. Um, I'm sure that I'm fairly sure that the playtesters and the errata team were able to come to a good conclusion on that. So, yeah, uh, that's fine. Um, the errata seem okay. Um, and the errata to in the zone from a while back is perfectly fine with me. Um, oh, the, the more important erratas that have taken place in recent days were the ones that got rid of General Quarters and got rid of UR Monument. And I'm okay with that. The... The games that I've been playing almost typically included those cards, always. I think one time, General Quarters didn't come into play, and the game was slightly faster. So, in terms of games being a little slower, I guess, they're a little more even. I like even. I'd probably, I'd probably say evenness trumps speed of a deck or of the game, uh, so far as the speed isn't a terrible issue. And forcing the Delta Quadrant to attempt an Alpha Mission or a Gamma Quadrant deck or a Mirror Quadrant deck even now, whoa, to attempt an Alpha Mission, mm, uh, I think it's fine. I like the caveat that if both players don't have Alpha, that the game is faster that way. It's only 200 points. Sure, that's fine. Um, it's two less cards I have to throw in my Civil War tent, so I can start to play with some weirder... Cue the rough cards like Wake of the Borg. Oh, that also got errated, and I guess that's an okay thing. The colony coming back, yeah. I mean, colony is fun. That's that's a fun card right there. If you can find a way to get 100 civilians into play, or 140, or 180, I am sure there's a way to do it. Um, if that is a problem. You know, if I get 180 civilians into play on my first turn, like, I don't know, some kind of Fruel Shuffle, is he a civilian? Um, if he is, wow, you know, that could be a big problem. Maybe someone's going to find a deck like that. You still have to solve the mission, I think, to get Colony into play. Um, I can't remember if there's some... I think you used to use Q's Tent to get the Colony into play really easily. Or not Q's Tent, but Q's Planet. Q's Planet's banned, so I'm not worried about that. Maybe that 20-point mission with the uh, dead end is suspended here is maybe a way to get the colony out early. So it seems like you're probably still going to have to solve one mission in order to exploit the colony. So 
unless someone can think of another way to get a colony out early, and then probably the more challenging task of getting 180 civilians out early, um, then yeah, seems like an okay thing to throw back in the game. Super fun. Uh, so yeah, uh, cool. So I'm looking forward to seeing those cards in the future. I would love to play with the new Cyrus. One other thing before I go is the Protect the Timeline. I think that's the name of the incident uh, that allows time locations to play an extra guy every turn for free. I love this card. It's like a one card that spawns four deck archetypes immediately. You give Starfleet an immediate boost. You can throw it in a TOS fed deck for fun Get to, to specialize it more. Maybe you start making like a... Organian Peace Treaty deck with that or something. That might be fun. You can throw it into Camp Kittimer. That would totally make that a fun deck um, to get more of those guys out. And then you can also throw it into a Hawking Council deck. I think that would be great. Maybe you throw it into an Augments deck? I don't know. Uh, that seems unlikely. Not as big of a deck type. The other time locations don't make a lot of sense to me. Um... I think there may be some abusive power, some abusive ability with the reporting to a ship there, uh, caveat of the deck. Um, I think there might be like a Bajoran resistance cell nonsense thing. So I think the takeaway from that is stock the devil if possible because there's no Bajoran time locations except for, I guess you could argue the Celestial Temple, but no one can report there except, well, I guess you could report there with like uh, other means, but you know, you're not going to get the benefit of protect the timeline that way. So, uh, I would just suggest that if you're gonna, I think throwing the devil into a deck right now might be good for the meta in case you were doing encounter a deck like this. So, anyway, aside from that, I do love this card. I think it's gonna open up the possibility for better Starfleet decks. Maybe Starfleet will come back. And TOS and the movie era guys. Sure, why not? TOS feds, cool. That uh, TOS mirror feds will also be fun. So anyway, protect the timeline. Like that card a lot too. So this new set's been awesome. So I'm looking forward to playing with more of the cards from there. How to disappearing, great. Uh, renewed spirit. I'm hoping it gets. I can find a cool deck to throw that into. And yeah, uh, the protect the timeline is cool too. So again, um, questions, comments, or concerns. Two six seven. Call CPJ. You can shoot me a PM at CorbinQ27 on the message boards. Shoot me an email at CorbinJohnson.me.com. And until next time, this is Corbin Johnson signing off, saying so long and thanks for all the trek.